2: Welcome to the Rota World Football Show. I am Patrick Daugherty, joined as always by Danny Carter. I'm doing my best to sound buoyant and happy, but I'm <laughs> devastated because I may have just watched the United States give away two points to Wales. And frankly, I'm angry. Uh, for, well, for, before I say that, uh, you know, we're going to talk about all this week's top waiver ads, uh, fallout yeah. from the biggest news from week 11. But frankly, I'm angry about something I heard before the show. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me what it is. I won't say what day. This habit I was informed by Denny that he, he didn't watch a certain stars and bars USMNT uh, see two points to the Welsh. And does, where are the dog levels for your country, Denny? What I
3: look, I don't get I don't get soccer. I don't get it. Okay. As a red-blooded American, I I, I don't get it. I I it's um oh, how do you say it? I'm trying to come up with it. It's boring.
2: Oh no.
3: I, I'm I'm sorry. No, no. no don't, I, aren't I you the it. one who plays golf? Listen, I'm I know I know what it is to find enjoyment in something that is boring, objectively boring, okay? Like like me with golf. Like I can pretend golf is exciting. Now, so so I understand that mindset. And I want to be of the mindset where I can push the my glasses up the bridge of my nose and say, "Oh, the beautiful game. I love the beautiful game."
2: It's I not love- beautiful I- in the US plays that I will say that.
3: I love football. I call it football because <laughs> I'm I pretend I'm European. And, but I can't. It's just I just don't. I don't get it, folks. What's with the, what's with soccer?
2: I know what you say about people trying to say a European. I don't like. I have a bugaboo, and a lot of good people do this. A lot of my close personal friends, probably some people I work with. I don't like when Americans refer to the United States as the states. That's oh, Ur- really? That's how Europeans refer to it. We don't. No one ever calls it that in America until they go overseas. Oh. In America, you just call it like America. You call it like the U.S. No, no one, one ever no. calls it the states. It's
3: absolutely amazing. not. No, no, no. Listen, the Europeans—they can say what you know. The states—they yeah, can say
2: whatever they want.
3: Okay, uh, but I—I I police the language of Americans, and I will mm-hmm. say that Americans saying the states is ludicrous. You, no, that's what I'm you, saying, yeah, yeah,
2: it's awful. Yeah, you, it's you have
3: to stop. That.
2: Well, you have to stop. And I can see how some people think it's jingoistic, just calling it America, since you know there's uh, another America. Yes there, <laughs> there other, there yes, there are other two. There are other countries within North America, even. Hmm. Girl. Um, but you know, that's just our shorthand. It's we, you call it America. You don't call
3: it. I, I try, I try to say the United States, it's a mouthful, you it know, uh, the U S maybe, but, uh, yeah, please, please stop doing that. Look, he, here's the thing about, I, 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 concede, I concede that when things are happening, it, it, it is exciting for in that moment. Okay. When the, when the goalie makes a save, it, that's cool. Okay. Like, you know, and then with the, with the free kicks and the whatnot, Penalty kicks, that's fine. That's that. I, I I get the appeal of that, right? But man, the thing where they just kick it back and forth for for like forty five minutes, uh,
2: it's longer than that.
3: <laughs> no, I, I, but I'm talking about forty five minutes with no, with with nothing with no. No, shot no I know. Work.
2: Yeah, I knew what you meant. I meant it's longer than that. No, yeah, no. <laughs> I
3: I mean that's that's like that's to me that's to me like 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 someone saying, oh, I prefer the basketball of the nineteen forties where they would just. They would just they would just pass it around the the their half of the court for twenty minutes and then get a basket. That's
2: soccer. I'm I'm just comfortable with sports where like the action happens in spasms for some reason. You know, as you know, I'm a big baseball fan, and uh, Denny just apparently too too high T, needs the constant hits, the explosions, the three pointers, the dunks, the checks. Yeah. Uh, look, I watch
3: golf, so I don't know how to square that with this conversation.
2: Uh, well, golf, there's boring, and then there's golf where you can just like totally shut your brain off. It doesn't even matter. Like you're basically, I feel like when you watch golf, it's mostly just to see like the nice greenery in the background. No, that's, that's not.
3: I I don't care at all about what the course that's looks like. That's why I watch golf because I like the trees. I actually do think that that golf is the kind of sport where you have to play a little bit to enjoy and appreciate what's happening. Um, like I don't play much tennis. I've played tennis in my life, but I can't really appreciate what's going on on that court. The way, the way that maybe you can or other tennis folks. Yeah. Play. I do
2: love watching tennis. I do love playing tennis. I don't get to play nearly enough. Uh, my brother-in-law will start playing with me again, uh, <laughs> David and golf those yeah. And you can't really tell what, Phil's doing here. Now he's kneeling down on one knee, and the ball appears to be in some pebbles there, Glenn, and now he's talking to his caddy about what now he's bringing over a rules official, and am I, am I allowed to hit all these pebbles? And uh, that's, that's golf. Yeah, well, I
3: mean, if you're really into it, then you're watching for the guy in the bunker to see if he grounds his club and violates the rules of the game. And, and, if, and if they do, and, the, and no one catches it, you call NBC Sports, and you say NBC Sports. I saw something happen on the course today.
2: I know. Did you know we're actually deputized? If someone calls us and spots a rules violation on the Golf Network, which is owned by NBC Sports, mm-hmm. we actually are like we're required to, like get in touch with like the PGA or the USGA or whatever and pass along the complaint. Yeah, I just want
3: to be clear. I've never done that, and I think it's ridiculous. But I do. I, th- I find it a funny part of golf
1: culture.
2: By the way, the World Cup available in Spanish on Telemundo, yeah. own part of NBC universal Denny, also part of NBC universal is our NFL coverage. And the Broncos have been on some of that this year. And a player who was on the Broncos for some of this year was Melvin Gordon until he fumbled about seven times too many. He was released on Monday. Waived will probably be claimed on waivers because in theory, he's still a useful back. He's out. The Broncos are down to Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, kind of an all time in this economy backfield Right, like uh, it's a uh, down bad backfield for just a hellaciously down bad team. But you tell me, Denny, uh, that Latavius Murray is one of the ads of the week. Uh, yeah, I have to agree, it's probably true.
3: Right, uh,
2: you you can't get
3: around it. I mean, he hasn't been particularly good per the metrics, but per know, the
2: metrics, get- per the eye test, for the box score, per the yeah. vibes. I've never
3: never watched the Broncos game. Thank God, but. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's available in seventy five percent of leagues. I I believe he will be the lead back going forward. Whether he gets the routes and the and the targets, I think that that's um, probably up for grabs. Uh, the The hope is that he gets some of that. I think the hope is that Latavius Murray gets all or almost all of the early down banger stuff, right? The goal line stuff, and then some of the pass catching work. And if he gets that, then I think you know he has a path. To RB two-ish viability, he still will be touchdown dependent. This is a this is actually a Broncos team that has I know we all know about the passing game struggles. Okay, that's that's apparent, like painfully apparent every single week. But they also stink on the ground. Third worst EPA per play uh, via the rush this year. So it's I, I I don't see this as like a huge thing for Latavius Murray. But you could do way worse if you can pick him up off the waiver wire this
0: week.
2: We're getting some real immortal, undead zombie R mm-hmm. being from Latavius Murray, who his career seemed over several times. But yeah, he gets, he just had, he popped up like almost literally out of nowhere for the Saints earlier this season It had like 12 touches in a game. Then, like, just as quickly as out of nowhere on the Broncos, it was the second time as a Bronco. It was actually the third time as a Bronco. He had reached 14 carries yeah. on Sunday. He just seemed like the classic. Kind of like Jamal Williams, like he's a coaching staff back. Like, right. They're like, right. this Latavius Murray. They, they
3: well, Coaching staffs love Latavius. Like oh, the, the, big the Saints time. loved him. I think the Raiders, well, maybe the Raiders didn't. But No,
2: they didn't love him. They were the only ones. Who, yeah. Know, they Which, don't like I think players. maybe
3: tells you something about that yeah. organization. Um, but, you know, the, the goal line work is, is important because the Broncos are among the run heaviest teams inside the 10-yard line. Melvin Gordon, just for instance, this past week, against the Raiders uh, saw or uh, he, uh, he outsnaps Latavius Murray at the goal line. So if you, if you strip away that and get in, you give that opportunity to Murray. I, I think that he has a lot of touchdown appeal.
2: It's just, and so Murray in you know, bye weeks are coming to an end soon. There are no buys in week 12. You, you, there will be some teams that take a, make a claim on Latavius that might not have a ton of use for him, but you know, knock on wood, this has actually been a year kind of low on impact backfield injuries. Like that second wave of like RB twos that you usually get from the waiver just has not really materialized. And yeah. Latav- and you can't count on that to just like materialize. I mean, injuries probably do increase as the season goes along, but like he might not feel super inspiring on the waiver wire, but I do think you should be fairly aggressive with Latavius Murray we for running out of time yeah. on the fancy regular season. And knock on wood, we've been keeping players pretty healthy this year. And you could do a lot worse than Latavius Murray.
3: And and also, don't uh, freak out, overreact, and drop Melvin Gordon. Uh, Hang on to him. See what happens. See how it unfolds. Um, I, you know, he could land in a pretty good spot. And And, uh, it's not been good. But, you know, we're we're looking for some opportunity.
2: The good news is, too, that move, I believe, was processed on Monday afternoon. So the waiver claim should come Tuesday. Uh, so you might know even before you put on your waiver claims what Melvin Gordon's new team will be. Well, Melvin Gordon has been real, real bad, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. real, real bad. Yeah,
3: no, it, it's uh, is he's like at the bottom mm-hmm. of like, uh, you know, yards after contact, over expected, like all of the things that tells you like if a guy's overperforming. Turns out Melvin Gordon is not.
2: We'll have some more backfield ads to talk about. Later in the show, but Denny, are you saying the ad of the week? First off, you're breaking the rules because this player is 51% rostered. Would you say the ad of the week is the New York Giants' Darius Slayton? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean,
3: unless, um, unless Joe Mixon's situation is more dire than we think. But yes, I, I would say Slayton has a huge opportunity here with Wondell Robinson uh, done for the year with an ACL. Uh, he he has uh he has more targets than any uh, Giants receiver since week five uh, he's been targeted on about 22 percent of his routes which you know not fantastic but it'll that'll that'll get you there um you know his target competition now Pat is uh, includes uh, big names like David sills Marcus Johnson and Kenny Galladay. so I I think uh, Slayton could get enough of the small pie, you know, we talk about in the, in the, in the giants passing game. It's, it is a very low volume passing attack, even when they're chasing points, they're still pretty run heavy. But I think that with Wandell Robinson's injury, Slayton, you know, th- those five and six target games could suddenly turn into eight and nine target games. That's a big difference. I, 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 for one, I will take it.
2: Yeah. It turned into a 10 target game on Sunday against the lions. It was the first time since 2020 Darius Slayton had drawn 10 targets and I've never quite understood why coaching staffs successive coaching staffs like soured on Darius Slayton so quickly. Cause we know he can do damage down the field. He seemed like he had added like an intermediate and even like short element to mm-hmm. his game. Maybe he's like at best, he's someone who should be like a number three receiver, but like, he, he can soak up looks and we know that he has big playability if he gets right. enough looks and, you know, where else are these looks going to go? I can't. You mentioned all these pass catchers. I can't believe you didn't mention Isaiah Hodgins, I, Denny. Hodg is it Hodgkins? No, it's not. It's Hodgins. Yeah. And you didn't mention Lawrence Cager, although you did mention him on the phone earlier. L- Lawrence Cager is a tight end. He's he is tight end and wide receiver eligibility on Yahoo, though. Did you know this?
3: I. Uh... No, the interns did not tell me that. So no, I, I didn't tell you. But, but, uh, so I'm so embarrassed. I, you, you
2: said you were going to give us some sicko names, and you didn't get nearly as sicko as you could. Is there a secondary giant ad, or is it just Darius? Yeah. And the answer Maybe. can be there is no secondary. Yeah, No, no, no. no. I mean, it could
3: be Sills. Sills runs a lot from the slot. Wando Robinson was operating from the slot. You know, I will say that Wando David Robinson, Sills is he
2: like still is he still playing? Did he get a target this week? You know, are we
3: I, I I actually don't don't are we
2: passing that. out fake news on David Sills? Uh, no, he's still on the team. Yeah, <laughs> still yeah. active. Uh, uh,
3: yeah, I mean, he, he seems
2: he, to be behind Richie James though, Denny.
3: Yeah, right, and and we know how Richie James goes when everybody picked him up; It was completely not used um yeah i mean richie james is is, he is a name he is a guy on the giants um but i i i do think you know slayton's target profile is uh totally different than wandel robinson so so, somebody is going to have to take some of those short area targets maybe it's maybe it's actually saquon barkley now i think of it
2: yeah i would say there's no second ad after darius slayton and that's just kind of that's probably the answer it's just chaos behind him and we We don't really know how that will shake out. I mean, maybe our our guy Isaiah Hodgins just really steps up. So we're going to take an early break because we have an important message for you.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.
2: Release the hounds. It is a Thanksgiving tradition like none other. The National Dog Show presented by Purina. Thousands of dogs. Dogs, Denny. Compete for the title of Best in Show. Thanksgiving at noon Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Well, you are going to talk about dog levels just off the charts. Hugely, huge
3: dog levels and, and that, that brings us to?
2: Uh, it brings us to well, it's a poor <laughs> transition because I don't think Samaji Purina really has like Super high dog levels.
3: No, but uh, he does have uh, the love and adoration of all coaches.
2: He does. <laughs> because pass catching is not really like a dog level trait. No, oh, no. He does a lot of that. But, you know, dogs, they score touchdowns. And Samaji so Pirine scored a lot of those in week week 11, Denny. Joe Mixon in the concussion protocol, his status for week 12 is unknown. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the lay of the land uh, for yeah. Samaji Pirine?
3: Yeah, Samanji P. Ryan Ryan, uh, someone I have mentioned in the waiver column in most of the past like month or so, just just in case. Because trying
2: to fire you every time for it.
3: It right and and uh, thankfully the Supreme Court stepped in mm-hmm. over and over again, and I appreciate that.
2: Uh, Shouts to Justice Alito, keeping a great right. job <laughs> yeah.
3: for helping out there. Yes, uh, I I will say P Ryan doesn't profile as like a workhorse, but. Uh, he is going to be the lead back here if Mixon is out. He's obviously in the protocol. Um, you know, I'm I'm a little skeptical of the protocol, but after the Tua disaster, I think we, we have seen and we will continue to see teams be pretty conservative, even with star players like Joe Mixon. Uh, you know, P. Ryan... I, I will go out on a limb and say that he's not going to score multiple receiving touchdowns <laughs> every week.
2: I know now Bengals running backs all they seem to do is score two to four touchdowns every week though.
3: It right? is it so. is true. Uh, the the analytics are wrong on that uh, so far, uh, but but the the, the route involvement uh, which you saw a lot of in this past week when, when Mixon went out, um, the fact that you know the the Bengals offense has really changed with uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, out here, lots of checking down uh, to Hayden Hurst, to P. Ryan, to Mixon. Uh, you know, Mixon's receiving profile and overall fantasy profile is tremendous. Uh, with with Jamar Chase out, you know, and and that was clear from the first game where where Chase was sidelined, and and he had that huge game against Carolina. Um, he finally was able to convert some of those expected fantasy points into real fantasy points, which we love to see. Uh, so, so P Ryan, P Ryan
2: happens very, very infrequently.
3: (laughs) Right. We we're looking into whether that can happen for Deontay Johnson. We might have something on that later, but, uh, uh, yeah. So, so P Ryan, uh, P Ryan should be picked up. I think, I think in every 12 team league, uh, and if Mixon is out, he's a PPR RB two, I think.
2: Should be picked up, but I think Latavius Murray should be the priority because Joe Mixon does have a full week to get cleared. That's right. That's Uh, right. The Titans are, so the Bengals are playing the Titans in week 12, A number of variables here in this game. Jamar Chase should hopefully be back for Sunday's game against the Titans. Uh, the Titans bleed passing game production. Like one of the soft, one of the teams, they're a pass funnel. You pass on the Tennessee Titans, pretty tough on the ground. They're like bottom seven or eight and running back fantasy points allowed. So P. Ryan is a must add because he could have value. But another guy where it's pretty uncertain. It's gonna be an uncertain situation on Tuesday evening when you're making this move. You won't get the first Bengals injury report update until Wednesday. And if Joe Mixon's limited on Wednesday, Joe Mixon is probably playing on Sunday. So you, you take P. Ryan, it could be an RB2 situation waiting to happen, even in a tough matchup. But I, I, we're comfortable saying that you prioritize Latavius Murray, correct?
3: Yes, for sure. Uh, it, you know, for the long-term outlook, the fact that Mixon might play, yeah, I think that's right.
2: So you mentioned... Uh, elsewhere for the Steelers, who we were just talking about, yeah. Deontay Johnson, uh, George Pickens, the expected fantasy points—they're—they're just—they're not going to materialize for Deontay Johnson.
3: They just, they're expected, yet they're nowhere to be found.
2: <laughs> exactly. We—we <laughs> put the UN's been looking for them. right? Forever.
3: And we—we um, we, we need more good people looking for those points. Here's—here's here's what I tweeted the other day: uh, Deontay Johnson ha- is tenth in expected. PPR fantasy points among receivers 10th. Okay. Like his opportunity has generated what could be a top 10 fantasy season. He is wide receiver 48 and actually converting those points. Now that was before week, week 11. I don't have those updated yet, but, but yeah. So, so basically he's like close to unusable in 12 team leagues. He now has the Anthony Johnson now has back-to-back games with five targets. This is a guy who has trouble getting there for fantasy with ten targets. So the five targets not going to cut it. Might as well be zero targets for a guy like Deontay Johnson, who produces nothing after the catch, um, who is uh, not targeted.
2: Deontay Johnson, to take your joke, will never gain a yard after no. the catch. <laughs> he will never. In fact, he loses
3: yards after the catch. He has this thing where I'm sure, I'm sure, a drive Steelers coach is crazy. He catches the ball. And he immediately just starts running backward.
2: He does. He's one of the, he's one of the goat backwards runners for sure. And
3: he thinks, I guess he thinks every time he's going to run six to eight yards backward and then turn it around for a 15 yard gain. Here's how many times it's happened. It's never happened <laughs> for Deontay <laughs> Johnson. No. He keeps trying it. It would be way better. He'd be a way better receiver if he said, if he did what Zach Ertz does, which is catch the ball and you sit on your butt. Um. Uh. So anyway, George Pickens,
2: Yeah, so let me – George Pickens, he out-targeted Deontay Johnson for the first time in Week 11. He had a 33-yard catch. He became the first Steeler to score a touchdown longer than 20 yards in the 2022 season. Real big day for the Steelers' offense, Denny. Pickens had been building towards surpassing Deontay Johnson. It kind of looked like maybe he had surpassed Deontay Johnson against the Bengals. Has he surpassed Deontay Johnson?
3: Well, we we have to remember one thing about George Pickens' game against the Bengals is that he could have gone nuclear. Uh, he dropped a forty-nine-yard touchdown. It was—I actually did not. Are, are you are you for real? He dropped
2: yes because I and, was starting him in a distance scoring and I may or may not have not needed to hear
3: that. Listen, as someone who had Pickens and Pickett in a, in one seasonal league, uh, it hurt. It hurt a lot. Okay, it hurt a lot. As in, I projectile vomited all over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when that happened, oh dear, um, yeah, wasn't uh, it took a while to clean up. Anyway, the Pickens, yeah, it could, could have been great. Eighty three yards uh, on four catches. He did, sc- he did actually score a touchdown. I know I'm talking about this touchdown. He didn't score, but he could have gone through the roof. Uh, he doesn't separate, but that's okay because it seems like Kenny.
2: Pickens, Dogs don't separate. They go up and get it. That's it's
3: actually, it's, I feel like it's, it's like that, um, that tweet about like wanting to grind harder. Like I'm not going to separate because I want to grind harder for these yeah. catches. Like that, <laughs> like I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally keep the defender close to me to, to humiliate him. And that, and that's what he does. He made a, a great sideline catch in the fourth quarter. Uh, he only saw one more target than Deontay Johnson. So it's, I feel like saying it's a changing on the guard is a little much, but you have Pat Friermuth with 12 targets here against the Bengals. Uh, So Deontay Johnson's third in the pecking order. Also, the kind of targets that Pickens is seeing are just way, way more valuable than Deontay Johnson. So I don't know. You're you're the you're the ranker in chief. Are you are you ranking Deontay Johnson below Pickens?
2: This will be yeah. I'm doing it for sure. I can't remember what I did last week to be honest, but I will be doing. I think I had Pickens ahead of Deontay even in week eleven. I'll be doing it for sure in week twelve. I mean it kind of seems like Deontay sort of seems like a situation where you finally cut the cord. Then he's going to have 10 catches for 111 yards, you know, but I mean, we're going on 11 games, with two different quarterbacks just hasn't been there. I mean, he's been over 50 yards, like one time in the past six or seven weeks right. Just not an efficient player, not an explosive player. He's a mistake prone player. Not In addition to, you know, just going backwards and losing yards, which he really does do with alarming frequency. The drops remain an issue and George Pickens seems to be like a better player than Deontay Johnson and is providing something that no one else in the Steelers can with his downfield ability. Pat Fryermuth now is competing. Yes. For these intermediate and short targets with Deontay Johnson, where he's like lost a monopoly on what he does. And maybe Deontay will still have, I mean, there's going to be weeks where Deontay outpoints George Pickens, but their floors are almost identical at this point. And whereas Deontay Johnson does not have a ceiling, George Pickens very much has a ceiling. And yeah, I think it, it is time to make the permanent change in the rankings.
3: Here's something I I just found on uh, Next Gen Stats. So they have a stat called uh, uh, yards after the catch over expected. So it's like how how much a, a guy is producing after the catch, like more than you expect. Dallas Goddard is is that is near the top. You have some He's other t- tight ends, Debo Samuel. It makes sense, right? You go to the very, very bottom of the league, and you find two guys, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Ooh, even Pickens, even Pickens. So Thanks. I, it, it, they, they really don't have someone who you know can 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 catch the ball and then go like and then like break a tackle and go now george pickens might be able to do i
2: that, think he will be that guy if he gets more more frequent opportunities to and, do so. and
3: more intermediate opportunities because because really like the, those those uh bombs over the top of the defense that's that's not where where that's that's going to happen usually especially if it's like near the end zone but uh but yeah uh, so so they the steelers uh the steelers need need playmakers i think is what, what we're getting to
2: Speaking of someone who can make plays down the field, Denny. Number 12 overall pick, Jamison Williams, was drawing Tyreek Hill comparisons at Alabama last season. Then he tore his ACL. It didn't hurt his draft status, but he has not played this season, as evidenced by the fact that it's week 12. And he has just now been cleared to practice, but he has been cleared to practice. He has 21 days to get activated. Stands to reason a player who was just activated, uh, will, or excuse me, who was just cleared to practice, will not be activated for Thanksgiving against the Bills. Right. But they have a really, really soft stretch run schedule. The Lions. The Lions have not been getting any downfield production with DJ Shark and Josh Reynolds. This in and out of the lineup. It is Jared Goff, but buys are ending. We know this is an offense that doesn't want to pass like thirty to thirty-five times a game. But are we adding Jamison Williams in twelve-team leagues? Let's start. Let's start there. I,
3: th- I, I think so. You know, I have to say that I am having a a hard time uh, getting excited about Jameson Williams in this, in this offense, because uh, for a few reasons, um, you know, he is the exciting player. Yes, of course. And I think that he has a bright future in the league. Uh, this team already has an established wide receiver one in Amon Ross, St. Brown. DJ Chark is coming back. And I know that might be funny, like, Oh, DJ Chark, but he is the downfield guy. Like he, like that's what he was they, back
2: in week 11. And was kind of a ghost. Yeah,
3: right, and and that and that's that's what it's going to be with DJ Shark. It's yeah. going to be nothing or or a little something. Um, you also have uh, Jared Golf, who is not really known for his aggressiveness. No. Uh, per Next Gen stats, he's 28th in passing aggressiveness this year. The Lions are 21st in pass rate, uh, over expected. I'm looking at Golf. Yeah, Golf is 19th uh, in the rate of of uh, attempts over 20 yards this season so I, I i just i really struggle to see like a path to to confidently starting williams in 12 team leagues I, but i guess you do probably need to roster him
2: you probably just need to roster him because here's the schedule beginning in week 13 throwing out week 12 against the bills it's versus the jags versus the vikings at the jets which is kind of a tough one during the fantasy playoffs but then at the panthers versus the chicago bears in fantasy championship week and I know it's kind of hard to look that far ahead because you're nearing the stage of the season where you need to optimize your roster for every week instead right. of like fantasizing about week 17. Yeah. But he he's the kind of player, uh, one of my favorite kind of like cliches to fall back on, like a cliche that I've created. He's the kind of player who can flip a matchup on only two or three targets. Like he give you a 0.0, but James Williams is the kind of player who can have two catches for 61 yards and a touchdown and that can flip a matchup. If, say, like, if your choice is, like, Robert Woods or Jamison Williams, you know. Sure. Um, so he does have some upsides. He's, he might be the kind of guy you add, you go out and take a flyer, and you drop immediately, either because he might not return as soon as expected, or you he, know he's only going to play 10 to 12 snaps. Right. So you can have, like, some excitement. Yeah, you need to keep your expectations really low for Jamison Williams. But 14 team leagues for sure, 12 team leagues. I mean, yeah, you're probably adding him, but. Just you—you can dream, but also be realistic. Um, well, and they're going to have able-
3: to ease him in and everything. Like he's not going to like come out and and run 100 percent routes or anything. You know, it'll be—it'll be a process.
2: And yeah, Denny, I have—I have German heritage. I think I'm channeling with German for dream, but be realistic. Um, do not uh, do not dream. It sounds That's, it sounds uh, very German. The, f- the first way to be disappointed is to dream. Um, <laughs> the first yeah,
3: way On well. to uh, Yeah onto to the yeah, next uh, to, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, Speaking of dreaming Denny We've been dreaming About Traylon Burks All year He comes <laughs> off IR Immediately catches Seven of eight targets For 111 yards yeah. Starting to look like That dude was that And dude Being capitalized <laughs> For the Tennessee Titans Denny 51 yards were Kind of like a, a Game ceiling catch That was kind of unusual A like game script Game situation I, I love that I know. know,
3: love that, and and I think the Packers were mad.
2: They were. I was extremely mad when the University of Tennessee did it to University of Missouri two weeks ago. By the way, you went it. You went fifty nine twenty four. I mean, what you are trying to do? You trying to embarrass <laughs> these kids?
3: Um, <laughs> trying to embarrass these kids? I hope. Well, you're that's different. Yeah. That's different. You know, fifty nine twenty four. Yeah. I, Josh I Heupel, All I
2: can say is ball. Don't lie. Look what happened the following week. You're out of the playoffs. But it's
3: funny. I f- I feel like it's it's pretty fu- <laughs> it's pretty funny that. Like the Titans were like, we're gonna try to get a first down to seal this game. And the Packers were like, How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. what are you doing? What are you doing? You're trying to you're trying to easily get a first down? You're supposed to grind <laughs> it out with Derrick Henry three times up the middle. And if you don't get it, then you have to give us the ball back. That's how this is supposed to go. The extremely
2: formal world of NFL football,
3: and and they just chucked it. They were like, "Nope, we're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to throw it straight to Traylon Burks." And uh, I, I, I was obsessed with that play. Very good
2: play. Is he the ad of the week at receiver, or is it Darius Slayton? Is it someone it's, else? Who's well, the ad of the week at receiver?
3: It's hard to distinguish because both of these offenses are not going to provide many fantasy friendly environments for their receivers. You know, uh, against the Packers last week was was a little different uh the first of all the packers are a slight you know pass funnel you know they the, the titans leaned into that I, I i have a really hard time seeing that as like the new norm but um you know burks his route participation was fine um although uh nick westbrook akine and robert woods both ran uh six more routes than than burks but burks led the team in targets led the team in yards he clearly is the downfield uh, guy, so I, I think just his profile, like we know what Darius Slayton is. Um, so yeah, I could be talked into uh, Burks being the pickup of the week
2: because I, th- I think the volume. There's not much volume in this passing offense, but I think it's clear where the volume needs to yeah. go and right. probably go. I mean, Robert Woods is at a whole season to like carve any role, yeah, and he just cannot do it.
3: So, right, and and so and this is what we had with with AJ Brown when he was a Titan is that the team operated in the same fashion. It was Derrick Henry all day. It was, we're not, we're not going to pass unless we absolutely have to, but he got a big enough piece of the pie that it, that it counteracted that. And so 35% target share was enough for him, you know, to, to be, to be a a really good fantasy option. I don't think Traylon Burks is going to step into a 35% target share, but you don't need that from him because he's going to be, you know, your wide receiver four if you, if you're in a league that starts four receivers.
2: I would probably just slightly prefer him to Darius Slayton just because whereas he's a first round pick in ascendance, Darius Slayton is a guy it seems like over and over and over again, they find excuses not to use him. Maybe they're finally out of excuses.
3: Yes. Right. I, I, I have to say though, yeah, the, the Giants and Titans are both. Yeah. The Giants are fourth, uh, have the fourth lowest pass rate over expected. The, the 10th, the Titans have the fifth, uh, lowest. So, they they both definitely want to establish it, but uh, I I could I could be talked into Berks, yeah.
2: Um, I mean, so yeah, you you throw that bomb to get to sixty six points, Josh. That's nice. I bet that's real cool. And then the next week, you give up sixty three to South Carolina. All it the ball doesn't lie. Karma is real, Josh Heupel, and you will not embarrass these kids. This they work <laughs> so hard and you will it's, not embarrass these kids.
3: That's what happens when you, uh, when you beat down Missouri, you It's you just for distasteful.
2: It. <laughs> it's just distasteful. Uh, <laughs> it would be distasteful to not take a break and return right after this.
0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal... And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one Mc Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
0: of a detour.
2: Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in the World Cup, college football, and the NFL Speaking of the NFL, there will be two opportunities to win $100,000 this week by playing Sunday night seven. Your first chance is guessing the outcome between the Patriots and Vikings on Thanksgiving night, followed by another contest surrounding the Packers and Eagles and Philadelphia on Sunday evening. And don't forget, download the roto app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Yeah, Danny, you didn't watch the United States defending its honor against Wales on Telemundo in Spanish. Or are you at least going to do it on Friday when we take on England? You know, we spent centuries escaping their yoke. We mm. don't want to be back under, under their boot. Uh, so are you going to watch us beat England on Friday?
3: I don't know. As a big fan of English rock stars Ooh. through the uh, decades, mm. uh, it's,
2: it's going to be a close call, Pat. Uh, you got to watch USA England uh, in Spanish on Telemundo. But uh, we're here in English talking the NFL, Denny, and Kyle Pitts, injured reserve, torn MCL, probably won't return this season. Talk about another team whose pass rate over expected is always quite low. What is the fantasy fallout, if any, from Kyle yeah. Pitts landing on IR?
3: Well, uh, I know this sounds funny, but his, the, the, you know, his role in the Atlanta offense was in the same. Ballpark as Cooper Cups in the Rams offense. I know that the production wasn't quite the same. Just, but a, just a little off. It was just you're right. It was just a slightly different. But we're talking about uh, Kyle Pitts since week five has the 10th highest weighted opportunity rating among all pass catchers. Now that, that takes into account both air yards and target share. Okay, so it's a really good measurement of a guy's domination of of the uh, you know, throws in the offense of pass attempts and Kyle Pitts had it all, had it all. look like, all of his underlying stuff says that Kyle Pitts is actually really good. And I know that that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow for those who drafted him in the third, fourth round or whatever. And you've had a terrible season and your team is, is long, you know, long gone, no playoffs for you. I get it. I will say, don't, don't give up on him because it, like everything points to him actually being an elite option. It's just, he's just in this horrible offense. This is, you know, Drake London, I think instantly we'll will soak up some of those target tar, uh, targets and air yards. And uh a guy named Alamede Zacchaeus, which uh, I did not I d I didn't I didn't anticipate talking about Alamedes Zacchaeus uh, in the
2: you're the you're, you're, you're veering dangerously close to cut his mic territory.
3: Yeah, I figured, but uh I had to I had to say it, you know, uh because Zacchaeus for whatever else he's doing is a locked in part of two wide receiver sets for the Falcons. Basically, if you look at route running data, uh, especially since about week four, it's Drake London, Zacchaeus, and basically nobody else running, no other receiver running routes for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I guess Zacchaeus probably becomes the number two pass catcher in this offense since quarter Patterson has been curiously phased out of the passing offense.
2: Yeah, it seems like they're really trying to ration Cordero Patterson's touches and keeping him more like the 10 to 14 carry range and not involving him as much in the passing game. It is curious. You do wonder if you're losing some high-value touches with Kyle Pitts. Maybe you will funnel them to your your best leftover playmaker right. in Cordero Patterson. Drake London had cleared five targets three straight weeks before this Bears debacle We're only had one catch on three targets. Thankfully, the catch ended after two yards in the end zone. So he did score for the second straight week, but six to eight targets seems like a pretty safe assumption for Drake London. That's enough to kind of keep him, sure, in like the wide receiver thirty to forty range, so like low end wide receiver three, high end wide receiver four, maybe shores up his floor a little bit. Ceiling games just don't exist in this offense, though. And no, no. Beyond CPAD and Drake London, I don't. Beyond Olamide Zacchaeus, I. I don't think you look there. You do, you definitely don't look like Damian bird. Um, I mean Parker Hesse, we'll probably hear that name when we're having like really, really demented DFS conversations. <laughs> that's, a sicko, but, that's a sicko play. Yeah. yeah.
3: Um, I mean, but but Hesse was actually running more routes than Pitts at one point this season. He was. Like Pitts was being asked to stay in to pass block. Oh my God. That's yeah, that, so. that, that that's the darkest timeline right there, is being like Kyle Pitts. I need you to block this linebacker blitzing, please.
2: Uh, truly, truly, the darkest time. So get ready to hear Parker Hesse's name at least in like showdown, <laughs> showdown games
3: and DFS. Oh, oh and, yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna be all over Hesse and uh, well,
2: I know the fa- I mean, the Falcons might not have any primetime games left. They might not really have any showdown. Well, left. here's
3: the thing, Pat. You can play showdowns no matter what. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, I play one o'clock showdowns. I, <sighs> my sickness is real. Yeah, that that's that's a real real sickness.
2: That's a problem. <laughs> you cannot be playing one p.m. showdowns. Please help uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of 1 p.m. showdowns, uh, we're playing Sky Moore and all of them going forward, aren't we, Denny? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Five catches, six targets, 63 yards, all new career highs. Yeah. After Kadarius Tony's hamstring tightened up yet again. Uh, uh, Kadarius Tony's hamstring win every time, Denny. You might think you can outrun it, but uh, you can never outrun the long arm of the Kadarius Tony hamstring law. Uh I say Sky Moore is back, you say Justin Watson never left. Well, what what's happening in the Chiefs receiver
3: corps? It's 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 diff, it's different. Okay, it's the same but different. Um against uh you know, against the Chargers on Sunday night, great game by the way. And by the way, who didn't know that that's the way it was going to end? Like I know, I like know. as soon as the Chargers scored, you see uh, Justin Herbert pumping his fist. Yes, I'm like, why you guys shouldn't even be celebrating? Yeah, no, they actually should have been dejected. Like, like you, you just lost. <laughs> like, you scored a touchdown and you, you sealed your fate. Like, you, you can't give a minute forty five to Patrick Mahomes. That is uh, over.
2: Really ridiculous. Yeah. Uh,
3: anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, Justin Watson uh, with uh, Nicole Hardman and uh, Juju Smith Schuster out this past week. He led all Chiefs receivers. In uh, pass routes, and uh, only saw. Let's see. Uh, he was targeted on about eleven percent of those routes, uh, which is not great. Now, now Sky Moore only ran a route on forty-one percent of Mahomes' dropbacks, which is not fantastic. But it's here's slow. the thing. Here's the thing. He was targeted on thirty-eight percent of those routes, folks. So, you know that I think that is an indication that they that they want to get him involved in that, and that he can get open. Um, he was used. He ran about half of his routes from the slot and half from outside. Uh, you know the usage was good. Now will it will it you know keep up with Hardman coming back and and Juju eventually coming back? I don't think so. Like I I, I don't think that it was like a breakout performance where the team's going to be like, well now we got to play Sky more all the time. Uh, I think they're they're very comfortable with this rotation with not, you know just using the the receivers. Who have favorable matchups in that week, and good luck to fantasy managers guessing who that will be.
2: So yeah, Mikael Hardman will miss at least three more games, but Juju right. Smith-Schuster probably coming uh, off the injury report this week with his head injury, uh, with the missed week eleven with the concussion. Have to assume he'll probably be back for week twelve. Yeah, you know, Sky Moore, as much as half of our audience is probably waiting for Sky Moore confirmation bias, uh, It's going to need to be one more than one game of yeah. uh, him playing moderately well.
3: Right, and Kansas City actually used a lot of two tight end sets, uh, you know, to compensate for their their lack of starting receivers. Uh, so that's something else to keep in mind when you're when you're you know, if Juju's out again, if obviously McCole Hartman w- will be out. So just keep that in mind. Uh,
2: uh, yeah. So yeah, keep a keep an eye on that Chiefs receiver core. As I say, as I try to find our next topic. Speaking of the Chiefs receiver core, Denny mm-hmm. Demarcus Robinson used to be in it. Now he's apparently leading the Ravens receiver core. You had an explosive Lamar Jackson comment you thought went unnoticed a few weeks ago uh, because Demarcus Robinson coming off just the second 100 yard game of his career. He said at least six catches for 60 yards two of the past three weeks. Are we down bad enough to be adding Demarcus Robinson off the waiver wire?
3: Yeah. I don't even think you have to be that down bad. Look, Devin DuVernay has two targets over his past two games. Okay. And he's running basically hundred percent of the routes. Like he's just, not part of the offense. Uh, One of those games was was without Mark Andrews. So I don't, I don't even, I don't even know what to say about, about that with, for Duvernay, Uh, Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. There was a comment by Lamar Jackson after the saints game, the Ravens beat the saints. Lamar did have some struggles through the air. They mostly just established the run in that game, which is fine. I mean, it worked out. I'm not mad about it at all.
2: Free country. Uh, If you want to, it's the way you want to live your life
3: you want to do the inefficient offense, you do it. You You want justice uh,
2: Hill for some reason to still be getting touches. It's America. Last time I checked, can we not, can we not,
3: uh, criticize justice Hill on air? I mean, justice (laughs) Hill is their best. They're probably their best player overall. Um, so
2: (laughs) yeah, Demarcus Robbins.
3: Well, Lamar Jackson said after the game, he said, I wish that I had targeted Demarcus more. And I, and I, and I thought, I told Pat before the show, I said, uh, uh, you know, I heard that and I said, okay, I gotta I gotta jot that down. I gotta mention it on the podcast. Here's what I didn't do, folks. I didn't jot it down and I didn't mention it on last week's podcast. And and I didn't even play DeMarcus and DFS, which just is just a huge oversight. Comprehensive
2: system-wide failure.
3: Yeah, no, really, truly. Uh, but yeah, nine targets, nine catches, 120, 128 yards. And the, I think that this can continue, not 128 yards every game, but it can continue because Mark Andrews is the clear focus of every single secondary that plays the Ravens. They know how this Ravens passing offense has succeeded and how it will succeed. And it doesn't have anything to do with Devin DuVernay or DeMarcus Robinson. Therefore, both guys should find themselves open. Obviously Lamar Jackson is kind of fixated on getting it to DeMarcus. I I covered that game for, for us. And uh, although it was, it was a horrible game. It was tied three, three in the, at the end of the third quarter, Um, uh, Lamar Jackson had, would look to be a lot of first first read type throws to De- Demarcus Robinson. It wasn't him running around uh, making something out of nothing and hitting Demarcus Robinson. It was like a it was a planned thing, and I think that's good for Demarcus Robinson.
2: Yeah, Demarcus Robinson is worth an ad. Is yeah, this knock going wood, Thankfully, we're not getting like huge like every. We're not getting like injury based ads. You kind of just got to seize on anyone who's getting targets. Demarcus Robinson is getting them, and it does not seem to be a fluke. Devin Duvernay is just a gadget player. Um, yeah. Right. Right. Another. you apparently you claimed to me, you want to talk about Juwan Johnson. I know people are trying to make this a thing. Um, Yeah. Look, I've
3: been, I've been uh, screaming from the rooftop. I've been arrested twice actually for doing that (laughs) uh, because I've, I've wanted people to pick up Juwan Johnson. He uh, had another touchdown this past week. Of course, look, I know touchdowns are fluky, volatile, very hard to predict, but Juwan Johnson is, has become the primary red zone target for Andy Dalton uh, in in this offense um, he has the seventh most tight end pass routes over the past four weeks and the eighth most tight end targets over that stretch he's still available in 70 percent I don't really know why because I feel like people are starting like Robert Tunyon over him and Tunyon doesn't have the opportunity that Juwan Johnson does uh,
2: Big Bob is he's a dead letter we got to move on from Big Bob yeah
3: I, I, I you know I, I think he's t- completely touchdown dependent. Like he, he like, never doesn't even
2: score touchdowns, Right.
3: And so, so Tanyan not going to, I think Juwan Johnson has been scoring touchdowns, but he's not entirely touchdown dependent in PPR because he sees a decent amount of targets.
2: And hey, before we go, we have two more topics. One is a surprise topic. I'm foisting upon oh you. Boy. Oh boy. The, the jets are, they're propping the door ajar to benching. I believe it's your close personal friend, Zach Wilson. <laughs> And how would this change the Jets offense if we get Jilton Joe Flacco oh, or the White Lotus man. Mike White under center for the New York Jets?
3: Folks, we are talking about just fantasy points galore in this offense. <laughs> I mean, I am so excited about this prospect. The Jets have a good offense, they have a pretty good offensive line. They look they have the kind of defense that can keep the offense uh on track, on script, right? Um, I know we didn't see that much in the early season with Joe Flacco dropping back literally 70 times in a game.
2: <laughs> no, that was, that was weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, we, that was against the Ravens. So, you know, maybe write that one off. But uh, uh, though, both Mike White and Flacco check down to their running backs a lot. So I think Michael Carter becomes interesting in that regard. Garrett Wilson, you know, P- uh, Patrick Crane, our colleague wrote in his walkthrough column uh, last week that Garrett Wilson has a lot of elite metrics uh, uh, underlying his his lack of production, really, <laughs> in this horrible Jets offense. If he can get someone to get him the ball uh, somewhat accurately, I think Garrett Wilson could be really interesting down the stretch. So, yeah, definitely watch for this. And uh, I, I, I think it means it means a lot to Tyler Conklin, to Garrett Wilson, Michael it's Carter. It's by
2: his, Mary, come on. Call him by his, his name on his birth certificate, the Conk Daddy.
3: I'll never say conk daddy. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> I will say with regards to Zach Wilson or whoever starts for the Jets, at quarterback, I, I think the passing production is bound to increase, no, to increase no matter what we have to, as much as we don't want to make, make excuses for Zach Wilson in the past four games were at the Broncos versus the Patriots versus the bills yeah. at the Patriots, the Broncos and Patriots entered week 11, one and two, like defensive EPA per drop back. I mean, the Bills were top 10. We're talking about like genuinely elite defenses, and he's been inexcusably bad no matter how good the defense is. We're talking about like a player trying to get in rhythm and against playing quite literally the best pass defenses in the NFL. They do have the Chicago Bears for Week 12 who are not that, who are bottom three in drop back pre on defense. Yeah, uh, We got some more soft matches coming up like the Vikings, then the Bills again. Uh, but then the Lions, the Jags, the Seahawks, where things are bound to get better kind of no matter what, I think, with the Jets passing attack. I mean, partly because they could not get worse than two yards in the no, second really, half against the
3: Patriots. Really, it really can I, From a real football standpoint, I don't know how they can go into week 12 with him under center, with Zach Wilson under center. From a fantasy standpoint, it really does change a lot of, of players prospects uh, in this offense
2: I will say just a real quick pointless Diatribe I thought the question was Kind of dumb to Zach Wilson like Like basically like begging him to like prostrate Himself before the media <laughs> and like Apologize to his teammates yeah like it's, it's kind of a stupid question But you don't give that answer I'll Tell you that but uh, <laughs> he, he says
3: no for Those who don't know he said no he said yeah. uh, Did you did you let down the defense And the defense played incredibly yeah, Well yeah. against the Patriots and He said no
2: yeah, you, you don't give even if you don't like the question, you do not give that answer.
3: No, okay? no, you can't do it. Now, I, I mean, no one's expecting him to be like, yeah, no, man, I'm. I just, I beg for their forgiveness. <laughs> no, no one's expecting that. But I mean, just acknowledge it. Like, yeah, the offensive, offensive players, including myself, let let down a great defense who 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 really. Uh, carried us, almost carried us all the way to the finish line. And uh, I, need, I need to do better. That's all. It would have been a non story if you said yeah, that. Yeah,
2: yeah." It's like, it was like one of those, like, it was kind of like giving him a layup line to be a leader. And yeah. like instead, he just curtly said no.
3: I, he, I, you know, I don't know him personally. He does not strike me as someone who wants or can lead a team
2: no or and it's just already in the the classic new york media fetal position and needs to be in a different market.
3: Yeah, he right, he he did, he, did, he never stood a chance in that market. No, he did not. Uh
2: we never stood a chance against the powers of your kicker of the week prowess. Yeah. We? Uh, Who's the kicker of the week for week 12?
3: Folks, it's easy, okay? You go to your waiver wire, you pick up Joey Sly and you log out.
2: Oh my god. That's it. <laughs>
3: That's it. It's it's a three-step process, you know? Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you got to be kidding me, man. I'm not kidding,
3: I'm not kidding you. They play the Falcons. The Commanders play the Falcons. The but, and,
2: uh, clarify who they is, by the way. The Commanders. Oh, I was thinking he was on the Panthers. That's uh, sorry, that's Eddie Pinheiro. Uh, oh, oh yeah, no, no. Oh. I was like, come on. Man.
3: I was, I was wondering. I was like, what? Oh, what's, what's the? Yeah, no, no, no. no, yeah, jo- no. Joey, Joey Sly, Sly,
2: easy top ten. Yeah.
3: Here's the, here's the thing. The command, the commanders love a few things. They love defense. They love not scoring points, and they love field goals. <laughs> <laughs> those are, those are their three passions. And so we have to take advantage of that. And, and you get Joey Sly. The thing about Joey Sly, you have to remember, he's never missed Arm Day, which is important no. for a kicker. Big, time. big, massive guns on that dude. And uh, and they give him a, a lot of opportunity. I have all the stats in my column. I don't have them in front of me. But, folks, you're getting Joey Sly.
2: You're getting Joey Sly. You're winning your matchup. You're getting on the doorstep of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, that's all we're trying to do at this show here. That's right. Um, Thank you so much for listening. A lot of good stuff on the website. Check out Denny's waiver-wired column. Check out my early see- early week ranks. Check out the Tuesday podcast. I'm not going to say what day today is, but check out the Tuesday podcast <laughs> with Lawrence Jackson, myself, Kyle Dvorak. Check out the National Dog Show Thursday on NBC and Peacock, noon Eastern, the dogs. I'm told the level of dogs is just off the charts. Through the roof. Check out USA versus England. and They're not telling me to promote the USA, England on Telemundo. I think we need to do it. USA versus England. On Telemundo in Spanish. If you can't listen to the American broadcasters, uh, yeah, maybe you won't even want to listen in English as we lose to England.
3: Uh, listen, I'll, I'll have a my three thousand word column on that on that game uh, on, the, up. on the baby
2: Eagles versus the three Lions. Does that sound like English to you, Denny?
3: That uh, makes total sense. Whatever you just said.
2: The baby Eagles, Eagles, and the three Lions, two p.m. Eastern Friday. Uh, but no, yeah, keep it locked to Roto World and NBC Sports Edge for all your fantasy news.